You know, they don't really make actors like they used to. What do you mean? Well, I like Chris Evans. I like Chris Evans a lot. He seems like a really nice guy. He's a really good actor. I love him in Captain America. I like Chris Pine. I like all the Chris's. They're they're all well and good. And and God knows they've put in the hours and work out, fine-tuned themselves, and they're sculpted like Greek gods because they're basically playing Greek gods. But then you think back on, you, you look at things like Christopher Lee, Count Dooku, right? Dracula, Sherlock Holmes, Christopher Lee. What's his name? Salomon? Saruman? Saruman. Yeah, Saruman from Lord of the Rings. You know his history, right? He worked for MI5. Yeah. He, at one point, there was a scene where he was stabbing somebody in the back or something on Lord of the Rings, or he was watching a scene being filmed where somebody got stabbed in the back and they made this outrageous noise. And Christopher Lee walks up to Peter Jackson and says, Peter, that's not the noise somebody makes when they're stabbed in the back. And then explains the noise they make when they're stabbed in the back is this noise because you're infiltrating the lungs and you're holding their head back like this. And so, so Peter Jackson asks him, how do you know this? And Christopher Lee says, because I've stabbed people in the back before. <laughs> well, I think in this day and age, you get more actors that are just brought up just to be that. Well, no, that's it. That's from when that's they're true. really young, as people who like I, you know, I, you know, I may have done a little thing here growing up, but for the most part, I had a my life was not this life until it just sort of happened. Well, yeah, Chris Evans was an actor from the get go, from the time he was a teenager forward, he was an actor, even younger than that, and that's life they're born into. But you listen to, you go back and you get some of the old old interviews, like uh, the or, uh, older Johnny Carson or interviews or talk show interviews where they're loose and being themselves with Peter O'Toole and Richard Harris. And they tell these stories about the crap they would do on vacation. This is before all the extreme sports and stuff where, you know, and then O'Toole almost got us killed by throwing us off the side of this waterfall where we were laying on our stomachs already. The helicopter pilot had told us he couldn't land there, but we insisted he land that sort of thing. You've heard the story about Sean Connery and the mafia boss, right? No. Sean Connery's filming a movie. Also, on the side, he's sleeping with this mafia boss's woman or wife, right? The mafia boss and his guys just storm into the set. Connery is is filming a sex scene or a love scene, and he's naked on the set in the bed. And they storm onto the set and push past the director, and they're coming in there threatening. Sean Connery stands up either in his underwear or in nothing, and walks right over to him. The guy's got a gun and pointing the gun at him and threatening him. And Sean Connery takes the gun from him, disables the gun, and just and just pistol whips the guy, picks him up and kicks his ass all the way out the door. That's, that's a hell of a Hollywood resume right there. <laughs> Don't tell me how to fuck your wife. I'll fuck your wife. <laughs> A lost lapper. Yeah, for good measure. <laughs> it's not how you hold a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Trebek. <laughs> how did I get stuck in a movie with a floating head that vomits guns? <laughs> God bless all the uh, superhero actors and everything that go to these, uh, you know, go to the children's hospital because there is no. Yeah, you're you're giving that kid, you know, these poor sick kids and everything. You're 
you're doing what you can for them, or they're doing what they can for them, and that's that's awesome. That's spectacular. But just one time, I would like to hear about Chris Evans kicking some mafia bosses' ass. <laughs> Or better yet, a communist. <laughs> it's a shame Sandra's not here to comment on any of this. No. Whatever happened to Lily Sorbinsky? Who? Lily Sorbinsky. She was the it girl for all of like five movies, and then she disappeared. She was in the asteroid film with The Hobbit. Not the good one. Not Armageddon. Sudden Impact. Oh, she's the girl that looks like uh, that uh, uh, Helen Hunt. Yeah, it, it bears a similar. Yeah, it looks like a cross between Jennifer Lawrence and Helen Hunt. Yeah, her star was on the rise, and then she just off the charts. There, she just she aged. She aged out. Why not? Thing, thing. Yeah, not all of them. Really? Probably. She's a, she's like my age or close to it. Huh. I hate to think, and I mean, I know that's a real thing. I know that sexism and stuff. And there's plays also a, large pro- a possibility that she just went off and had a life. Well, that's what Rick Moranis did when his wife died. He just completely retired from acting. He's coming back for the Ghostbusters film with Paul Rudd. When his wife passed away, he he just completely pulled out of acting, took a job back home in Canada, and raised his children while teaching theater at uh, one of their universities. It is Rick Moranis, right? Yeah, Rick Moranis. Yeah. Who else would it be? Yeah, no, I was, I stopped there. I want to make sure I had the right name. Sometimes I get him and Martin Short confused, and I don't know why. I mean, how in the hell do you confuse anybody for Martin Short? Martin Short and Steve uh, Martin came through Birmingham in 2019 doing their stage show. I don't remember that. Yeah, they did. It was, it was not. Hell, in Birmingham, unless it's football, you don't hear about it. We found out too late to get tickets, but I was dead and determined in 2020 we weren't going to miss them if they came back through again. And of course, nobody came through in 2020. Yeah, there's a special. I forget what channel their special is on, but it was basically them going on tour doing their special. And their special was really funny, and I just wanted to see them do it in person. Hell, it's a chance to see Steve Martin and Martin Short. Or they could get Chevy Chase, they could reenact the entirety of Three Amigos. I don't think anybody wants to get Chevy Chase anymore. No. Chevy's become a little more than problematic. And at the same time, when you read interviews with him, he's very gracious to a lot of individuals. To yeah, And he's not... How could somebody so successful be filled with so much anger? I guess, well, that just may be his natural state. From the early years, from when he first appeared on Saturday Night Live, people didn't get along with him. Of course, people didn't get along with, the women didn't get along with Belushi because Belushi, John Belushi was adamant that women cannot be funny. Jane Curtin and John Belushi tied up repeatedly. I always thought Jane Curtin was pretty damn funny. Her timing is, her timing's on the mall. Did you know that Dolph Lundgren has more qualifications to be called a scientist than Bill Nye, the science guy, does? Yeah. When I read that, I thought, I knew Dolph Lundgren was smart. I knew he was a Mensa member. But well, me, when me, you I look, don't give a, me, who gives a crap about Mensa? That don't mean nothing. I'm saying that that's how I knew he was smart, was I read something about him being a Mensa member. They but, even brought it up in one of the Expendable movies, I think. Yeah, they did. Oh, did they? I yeah. only saw the first Expendables. I I couldn't. The second one's better than better than the first one. Well, if I'm ever of a mind, I'll. I'll 
I ain't saying it's like some great thing, but like it's pretty. It's to me that the second one is more what they were trying to do with the first one. Oh, because everyone got their bit in, and they got Van Damme as a bad guy. When I read that, I read something saying exactly that Dolph Lundgren had more qualifications than Bill Nye, the science guy, to be an actual scientist. And so I independently looked it up because you don't you don't want to just take headlines or anything at their face value on the internet. Yet yeah, turns out, damn, this man is beyond accomplished in many fields. What do you know about Steven Seagal? And he's now a Russian citizen? He used to be some weird... Seagal doesn't know. Well, first off, he's he's an idiot. No, clearly, Spool has unraveled at an alarming rate. Yeah, he's, he's been doing like like he'd go to Russia and do stuff where people would, I don't know, fake flip over for him as he would do techniques and stuff. He's a huge Vladimir Putin supporter. Yeah. Vladimir is the one that granted him citizenship and welcomed him into the fold and well, all of that. I mean, for the most part, the man's just a, a massive asshole. Sal the Bull Salacho or something like that on YouTube has his own YouTube channel. He's the uh, the guy that served time for murder in the mafia and basically helped bring down Gotti to get a reduced sentence. Uh, I watched one video, the only video I've ever seen this guy do, and they're talking to him saying, tell us about Steven Seagal in the movies. He starts off talking about how Gotti, Gotti am I saying that right? Gotti? I say Gotti. Gotti? Okay. Yeah, just, yeah. just Gotti. Yeah, how Gotti's crime family provided payroll for the first Steven Seagal movies because they liked that he was a martial artist and all this bullshit. And so they provided the bankroll for it and he'd do the movies and they'd get money back off of it. And so, and then at one time he decided he wasn't going to do this next movie. They sent uh, people out to him and said, oh, yeah, mother, you know, oh, yeah, Stevie. You're going to do this movie because we're the damn mafia. We're not screwing around and how they threatened him. And he was in the room with him. Uh, well, he was the one making the threats, the uh, the bull, whatever his name was, to Seagal telling him how it was going to be and how it was going to play out. And that Seagal just right then and there, he just broke down crying and you know begged him not to kill him or anything. And he'll do whatever, yada, yada, yada. Just even peed his pants right there. I hate to take anything at face value, but somehow I can actually see that happening. <laughs> hmm. Oh, hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt one of those Stan's extended jokes. <laughs> oh, no. Do y'all think I'm doing, uh, do y'all think I'm safe in doing the Namor Taco Bell jokes or? God. I'm fine with them. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've officially responded to a couple of people via messenger and phone message about your reaction to Huerta. Mm-hmm. The way I've responded is look, I can look at Huerta and I can see Namor. The reason I think Sandra is having a problem or will have a problem is because Namor has always been presented as Asian. Am I right? Well, John Byrne always thought he was Asian. <laughs> Look at the way he's drawn all the way back to Marvel Comics number one. Mm-hmm. Not just him, the other Atlanteans as well. I have two problems with this. A, I absolutely do not want Namor to show up in a Black Panther movie. That is making me very reluctant to accept this guy as Namor. 
Well, he's got to show up somewhere. Fine. I let him show up in the Fantastic Four or the Doctor Strange or the Defenders, original Defenders. Well, he could still show up in Doctor Strange first. There's nothing saying that. And then, and there's a good chance that some version of him may show up in the uh, Eternals. I had to respond to this online, too. It's like, well, why don't you want him to show up in these mo- in the movies? I have no problem with him showing up. I'd love to have him show up in the movies because that's really the only characters that Marvel gives any love to in the comics is characters that are showing up at the movies or TV. Yeah, I'm fine with that, but I guarantee you, you already have people that think Namor's whole purpose in life is to be a Black Panther villain. You know what? Black Panther has never appeared in a Namor book. He has nothing to do with the Namor mythology. Now, Black Panther has tried to uh, assimilate him into his world, but no, Namor, that's the, he's not. He has nothing to do with Namor. The writers, some writers, have tried to do that. Not, Jonathan not Black Panther. Well, no, Jonathan knows what he's doing, man. So you know, just back off the Hickman. Okay. No, I'm not going to back off the Hickman because he's the one that got Namor into this mess. Did you read X-Men? No. Well, holy shit, Sandra. Really? <laughs> no, wait, Why I did you I'm not sorry. read it? I did read the, I did read the Namor part. Somebody okay, that, that's, fine. that's fine. That's fine. Jesus. Okay. like a third of the issue. Why don't you just take two minutes and read the rest of it? She's too busy. She couldn't be bothered. <laughs> She was, she's saving up for that 32-ounce Taco Bell somewhere in the Sombrero Cup. Jeez. All right. Three, two, one.